You're listening to Unraveling Rachel. This podcast is all about this journey that we call life and how we can live it more authentically so that it sucks less and feels better. Sounds good, huh? Hi there, my friends. This is the first episode of what I'm calling Inspired Unraveling. Inspired Unraveling is going to be me sitting down and talking about something that has inspired me, something that I feel is a part of what I what I've been calling this unraveling process, this process of figuring out, finding out, getting to know, discovering the my authentic self and my true experience and seeing the world more clearly uh, if there is such a thing since it's all really through our own experience but um, I've been I had a lot of inspired unraveling today today was the second day of the polyvagal theory for somatic movers course that Jennifer Seymour is hosting in San Diego at Ginseng Yoga. There's been a fantastic turnout with so many uh, different people coming together to learn the same thing for various reasons and bringing their knowledge and experience to it that it's just been like this explosion of insight and comfort and inquiry and just really expansiveness uh that that feeling of something bigger than uh something bigger than how gosh how do i say this there's something bigger than each of us as individuals each of us or collectively as a group, just something more cosmic in some way. And I can feel excitement in my body when I think about it and comfort, like freedom in my body when I think about it. Um, Even when I think about, because it's prompted me to think about the times when I didn't feel that kind of freedom and the messages that were maybe trying to come through. Um, and there's just so much that I could and that I will eventually uh, allow to come through about what I've learned this weekend and the, the experience. But what I wanted to specifically talk about in this inspired unraveling is depression. And that is a hot topic. So I want to say a couple of things about it before I dive in just uh, uh, to both kind of like CYA, <laughs> you know, cover my ass because I don't want, I want, I, I don't want anyone to feel like I am uh, speaking about their experience in any way or um, lightening their experience, making light of it in any way. I am only speaking from my experience and my experience is as that of a human a human who has been seeking 
spirituality and answers and who has been seeking answers in places like Eastern medicine and Vipassana meditation and um, acupuncture, massage, body work, um, different um, like uh, Iyengar yoga, um, Pilates a little bit I did for a while. So that's true as well. Um, Dance, psychedelics, like all of that I've been I've, I've been seeking something in it, seeking that something that I think is, is myself and is my essence and the essence of my soul and how I'm connected as we all are to everyone and everything in this uh, realm of existence that we're in. So anyway, that said, this is from my human, my very human experience with the education of a bachelor's of arts in Chinese studies and a bit of a history of pre-med and my own studies in workshops like this polyvagal theory workshop and what I've learned on the acupuncture table through my own experiences. I am not a trained therapist. I am not, I I have yoga teacher training, um, but I'm not a trained therapist in any way like a psychiatrist or an LMFT or an acupuncturist myself. I, I do not have those credentials and I haven't even been on the side of research. I am just a person with personal experience that is at its core human experience in its own unique way, if that makes sense. It doesn't necessarily mean that it will be like your experience. And if the talk of depression is um, hard for you, if it brings up emotions for you that are difficult to handle, then I invite you to empower yourself to not listen or stop listening when you need to and take care of yourself and keep in mind that I am speaking only from my own place of experience and your place of experience is just as valid for you, just as real for you as mine is for me. So hopefully that that covers that and that um, helps to make it clear where I am coming from. And my intent in sharing this is just to express myself, which is at the heart of this insight. And I spent, uh, where to start here? (laughs) I spent a lot, I had a realization. Okay, I'm going to start here. I had a realization just recently that I did not realize just how depressed I was over the last several years and probably over a lot of my life. And I didn't realize just how depressed I was because I didn't slow down enough to realize I kept going. I kept numbing. I kept striving. I kept looking for that outside validation, trying to show up as that person that I thought the world wanted and needed me to be the only person that would be worthy of like love and success. And, and it was like, I was okay in that space for a while. And then I got 
like really depressed in that way of not being able to get out of bed, really feeling like I don't know what I'm doing, physically ill, physical, physical symptoms of that depression were coming out. And during that time, I was unemployed for a while. I left my job and thought that might make things better because I wasn't as stressed because I, I could try and live more in alignment with what really felt right. I could get out of a stressful office situation and be in a more uh, safe environment. I at, at that time, I had just realized that I fit the the bill of the highly sensitive person as described by Elaine Ar- Aronson, Aaron or Aronson, I'm I forget um, all the things, all the things that she described in her book fit me. And it was a relief. And I read Quiet by, I can't remember her name, Susan Cain. That shed a lot of light on the fact that I wasn't broken and that my my introversion, my sensitivity, it all had value. I just might not be in the right place where it could be be valued because value is determined by uh, a desire of the person doing the valuing. So in that office situation, my sensitivity was not valued. It was it was useful to them in many ways, but it wasn't valued. And so leaving was really good. And leaving, I think, gave me that space to go into the depression that I had been avoiding and that I needed to go into. And in that time, I started writing more. I had the idea for this podcast. And I also found a community of people expressing themselves. And I had experiences with drugs that brought me to a place where I could feel more and express myself more and feel my body more, move my body more. And I had an opening. I talk about, I talk about my experience with MDMA in one of the early episodes of the podcast, and I'll link back to that. But that to me, even though I had been exploring emotions and how they're stored in the body and the idea that my perspective on life was reflected in my body um, while I was on the acupuncture table or when I was on the yoga mat, I didn't really, it was a relationship of control and forcing and just wanting it to be different and to change it and very prescriptive, like am I doing this right? I don't know how I'm supposed to feel. I didn't have like a good sense of self in it, a good relationship to my body and self or um, an ability to, there wasn't freedom, even though I could feel a lot. I was always in my head about it instead of in my body with it. And that experience with MDMA came at an an event where there was a lot of music, a lot of expression. And I I grew up taking dance classes and I'd always quit because I didn't 
like the recital and I was horrible with the choreography and I felt awkward in my body, but I also wanted to just learn to dance and I liked that aspect of it. Um, but eventually I quit and I got really stuck in my body when I became a teenager, I was overweight. I graduated high school at 215 pounds through my twenties. I was up and down in weight and food was food has been is in some ways still I have a, a relationship with it that is one of comfort and numbing escape and a way of feeling safe, I think. So I didn't like my body and I didn't feel comfortable inhabiting my body, taking up space in my body. So dancing was like absolutely out of the question unless I had had a whole lot to drink. And that's, yeah, that was the only time I ever danced is when I had a whole lot to drink. And um, I remember watching people so free and joyful and I was like, I want that. And my, my leg wanted that. I could feel my leg moving to the, the four beat and I could see my body moving, but I couldn't figure out how to actually move my body. And then I discovered, then I took MDMA. Then I had some ecstasy and then I felt safe and loved and comforted and easygoing and just this heart opening and this ability to connect with people and this uh, no fear of moving. Um, and I can remember at one point that weekend dancing and kind of finding myself not really dancing, but stretching and then people were next to me kind of like stretching with me like kind of like me but also in their own way and then I was reflecting on it later with my partner and I was like wow like I was just kind of stretching and then people came and joined me and but there was like dancing and he was like well dancing is just stretching and I was like huh it is in different ways and it's just ways of following energy in the body and being moving in in ways that are it, for that it was natural it was not the kind of dance that i grew up with that was so prescriptive and it was freeing to be in a place where not being not behaving in a way that was expected was okay and celebrated and accepted. And, um, it really was, it was just stretching. It was an expression of what was inside my body, the tension, the flow, the relaxation and everything all at the same time. And that happened in 2015, 2014. And I was depressed for years beyond that, I guess. I hadn't left my job yet when that happened. No, that happened in 2015. I don't know. The years blend together. But the thing is, is that that wasn't like some magic bullet answer and suddenly like I was free. I went through a lot of ups and downs and and searching and, and reflection and developing relationships and friendships and learning so much about myself in that time 
in a lot of there were days when I slept for I don't know 15 hours maybe more when I just kind of lounged around ate didn't feel purposeful wrote a lot read a lot it was like this these hibernation periods and there were times when I was super inspired and I felt purposeful and like I'm gonna start this podcast I'm gonna do these things I'm gonna blah 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 and then I would like fall back into the depression or the anxiety and the um feeling of being lost and I think that now looking back I can see how all of those feeling times when I was feeling lost were beneficial in some ways and also there were messages I was maybe not paying attention to in them or messages I wasn't paying attention to in the times when I was not in those states that brought me to those states so that I could become receptive to listening. Anyway, one of the things that I noticed in that time is that the more I connected with people, the more I shared. And I started doing some little videos on Facebook at the time, sharing what I had learned, and they got really great feedback. And it felt so good. And I I felt so aligned and on, on fire, I, I started teaching people how to slackline. And that was really a fulfilling thing and something that people got use out of. And I felt, excuse me, oh, water. <laughs> so it was something that people... I got connection. They got value out of it. I felt like I was sharing something. I felt really purposeful. And I was writing at this time, kind of like poetry stuff. I was doing a lot more more expression in ways. I had learned to hula hoop. I was going out and dancing in the desert under the full moon here and there and just opening to more experiences and also acknowledging my experiences and owning them. So something that came to me at that time was that depression is a lack of expression. My depression was a lack of my expression. Expression was an antidote to my depression. When I made efforts to express myself in some way, the heaviness and the lethargy would be uplifted, would be removed, would dissipate, and my body would feel better, and my mood would be better, my relationships were better, I was feeling able to connect with people more, at wanting to be with people more instead of hide away. And I was sleeping differently too. One of the things with my depression is I would sleep in a uh, contracted state in like the fetal position. And I knew when I was, when I was in that, it was almost like a womb like place and that I needed to expand and I wanted to expand and that expansion would be the, the feel good antidote to it, you know, big old stretch and taking up space. And this is something that I really loved and and still do, I love and find empowering on the slack line is that to, to be in that um, 
to stand tall on the slack line, to walk the slack line, to interact with the the energy of the line. Um, the basic, the most basic way to do that is to take up space and to have your limbs in this like outstretched star position. And it's very, it's a very empowering position and it's very much the opposite of um, the fetal position that I was sleeping in. So expansion, expression, um, all like the opposite of this contraction and depression that I was experiencing. So I made that connection then. And I knew then that doing something that involved expansive movement could help me with my, my depression and my mental, um, my mental place, because not only was my body contracting fetal position, but my mindset was contracted. My mindset saw the world as being a certain way. There was no room for curiosity. It was just that this is how it's been. This is how it's always going to be. The pain's never going to go away. I'm never going to amount to anything. There was abs- there was no expansiveness in my way of thinking. And um, expansive, that, that's what I'm intentionally creating more of this year with my commitment to curiosity is expansiveness in thinking and in in creating possibility in life and in depression there's there is not that there's no expansiveness in thinking it is like just this fucking sucks and I don't know how to get out of it and I'm doomed and it sucks and yeah it's just it sucks (laughs) and sometimes like oh gosh you know when if someone you when when I was in that state I went through a depression after the surgery and my partner Graham told me, oh, you know, meditate or call a friend. It's like, ah, fuck off. Like, I just, I can't. So this is something that came up in this weekend. This is all tying together. I'm going somewhere. I promise. So this weekend is about polyvagal theory, which I'm not going to I'm not going to really explain that here and I don't I don't need to for what I want to talk about but um the work of Peter Levine has been coming up a lot and Peter Levine is the founder of somatic experiencing and there are two ways of getting into like changing the quality of our nervous system and and affecting our the states of our nervous system there's like the top down approach and the bottom down bottom up approach top down is the thinking approach and the thinking approach is the um the seeking approach that i've been doing for so long the reading the books and learning from the people and seeking outside uh knowledge and help and trying to put the pieces together and and create meaning out of my story and all of this. And then the bottom up approach, which I think I actually first encountered this, this, uh, um, idea of an approach from that. Um, I guess it was really in yoga, but it wasn't presented that way in the type of yoga classes I was taking, but it was in reading, uh, Eastern body, Western mind by Anadea Judith. 
and talking about being able to, she, she has the lens of the chakra system. She's also a therapist and she talks about getting, uh, moving energy through the body, like moving it through the chakra system and, um, going, approaching energy through bodily movement and also like art therapy and things like that to discharge energy or charge the system and depending on what it needs. So something that keeps coming up in this workshop or has come up several times is Peter Levine's work of somatic experiencing and the idea that trauma is just an an experience that hasn't been expressed. So it's something that we experience and it hasn't been expressed in, in the body. It gets stuck there. And Jennifer is very careful. She doesn't speak through the lens of trauma, which I appreciate. And also I can see the value that there's value in speaking through the lens of trauma because trauma is can be significant. She doesn't do it because she's not trauma informed and she's more on the Buddhist side. And I feel like, um, I like that because saying it's an experience kind of takes away some of the heaviness. So for me, I realized that I had all these experiences and my depression was all these experiences in my body that in my life that hadn't been expressed. I was carrying so much around that hadn't been expressed either through art or dancing or getting mad, being able to scream, being allowed to be myself, being able to say what it is I, I saw, to, to speak the truth instead of being shut down and told, no, you're not seeing what you think you see or feeling what you think you feel. And all of those things add added up. And, and it got to a point where I was afraid to express, so I numbed. I numbed with food, I numbed with boys, I numbed with alcohol, I numbed with chasing success. I numbed with buying things. And I, I just, I numbed, oh, I numbed with TV. I, pretty much anything that I could do to not really feel. And I just kind of lost my train of thought there. <laughs> I numbed. I, I did the opposite of expressing. And I found that when I started expressing in words and in movement that life got lighter. I was never, I'm not saying that if you're depressed, all you need to do is write a poem or a song or learn to dance. Not at all. Um, there are people trained to to help you find, to help others find their way through this. And that is what, um, that is one of the gifts of somatic experiencing from what I'm gathering. I haven't directly had the opportunity to be in relationship with that modality itself directly. But from what I understand of the bits that I've read of P. 
Peter Levine's work and about somatic experiencing and the discussions from this weekend, that that's in a, um, that is what a somatic experiencing therapist is trained to do. So what I didn't really want to, this wasn't an advertisement for somatic experiencing. It was more like this just confirmation that I had that my intuition for me and my depression was there was validity in it in in what other people are experiencing. There was confirmation of its truth in what other people are experiencing. And even if there wasn't, it's still true for me, but that I can see that gives me comfort and also gives me the the desire to share my experience with you because it might help you. <laughs> it might help you to know that if you're, if you felt depressed and maybe just the kind of low level depression, like I was never diagnosed. I was pretty functioning. I was never diagnosed. I never sought antidepressants and it's totally fine if you do antidepressants and and that they can really have their place um it was not my path um i ended up being at a party and and taking street drugs that um were therapeutic for me and these are drugs that are actually being studied for therapeutic purposes and so there are studies out there through which you might be able to access them and in the very near future, they may be something that more people have access to and more therapists can help people uh, with the use of to uh, achieve that, um, that way in to the body. And that, okay, so that is one other thing that I wanted to mention. There are a lot of questions in this workshop about uh, how do we tone the vagus nerve? How do we, how do we like kind of strengthen this system? What does it mean to have, you know, uh, a good functioning system in this way? And it's not, um, how do you, how do you bring someone into awareness of it? Because like, when I was depressed, like I was saying, it was hard to see a way out that was not sucky, that was outside of the story that I knew. What did it for me was um, the access that I had through that MDMA experience in an expressive and safe community that showed me, oh, there's something else there. Oh, okay. Now that I know that it's there, I can... I can find other paths to it. It's like, I said this before, it's like Google Maps. You put you put in a destination, you get the directions there, and the next time maybe you don't need Google Maps to take you there. And maybe you make a right instead of a left and go a few blocks down and then you get turn around, but you found another way there. So there's all kinds of ways to get to that place. So, you know, uh, that's that's the there's the top down there's the bottom up there's getting to that place through 
meditation, through sensory deprivation tanks, through therapy and thinking it through, through yoga, acupuncture, um, their dance. It's just there, there are ways to start feeling differently in our minds and in our bodies and becoming aware of how we feel in space and time and relationship to the outer world and our inner world. So yeah, that is, that's pretty much all the, the inspired unraveling that I, uh, had in me for this episode. I hope that it made sense in some way. I hope that my sharing of my experience is beneficial. It certainly felt good for me to piece this all together. Really exciting because I had read Eastern Body, Western Mind. I had read When the Body Says No by Gabor Mate. And I'm I'm kind of halfway through um, The Language of Emotions by Carla McLaren. And also When the, uh, the Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk. And they are all so just same kind of saying the same things in different ways and it's all like connecting the dots and it's all kind of coming together with my own experience and my own ahas through my self-study and my self-reflection and looking at my life and seeing the changes in myself of going from very closed off very um that's another thing in that state I was, I would be in spaces and I wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't, I'd be fidgety. I didn't know how to be in my body. If somebody needed help, I had no idea how to help. I didn't feel like I, I would just stand and watch. And um, that is not there anymore. That has dissipated a lot. And that's not something that, I don't know that I consciously tried to work on it at all. It's just has happened and is really cool. I'm more open and flexible than I used to be. And that correlates with what I'm learning about this polyvagal theory. And, um, I said, I wasn't going to get into it because I'm, it's, it's still a new understanding for me. So it's, hard to teach via a podcast. (laughs) Um, But like the little bit is like depression would live in like, is like being stuck in a dorsal vagal state. There are three states that we can go through in this polyvagal theory and they have to flow. You can't hop. You can't hop from one like to another there's so there's three the dorsal vagal the sympathetic and the ventral vagal and I can't you can't go from dorsal vagal to ventral vagal or ventral vagal to dorsal vagal you have to flow through the sympathetic state and so this healthy nervous system isn't about living in um, ventral vagal which is our more evolved part of our nervous system it's responsible for our 
social interaction and that's where we that's where like being in a flow state is and 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 being in an open receptive like engaging with people kind of state is and then uh sympathetic is like go 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 um being in action and then dorsal vagal is more like depression um sometimes rest and digest it's called um in like the the other way of looking at the nervous system with just the sympathetic and parasympathetic without taking into account this ventral vagal and dorsal vagal split um and that is the dorsal vagal is more of that um old part of the nervous system and it's like rest and digest it's been called or rest and digest like with fear so there's a stuckness there's a on alertness to it and I think that I kind of lived in this sympathetic state a lot of my life when I was doing okay in the good job and I was go 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 and trying to live up to other people's expectations and simultaneously numbing the real feelings that were there and then when I when I started discovering expression, when the unraveling really like took place, then there was an opening into living more in maybe the dorsal vagal and being more um, just the heaviness. Um, Why did I start talking about this? Oh, because when we're in the ventral vagal, when we're in the social, the the social engagement state where it's safe and safe and social, I think is another term for it. Again, you guys, I'm not an expert in this. This is my learning of it, my experience of it. So, you know, take it for what it is. And I'm, I hope that I am getting it right. So in that state, we have more, more, more vocal variety, more, our emotions are communicated in our voice, the meaning of like what we're saying, and our face is more animated um, to communicate. And I noticed that I think that's changed a lot for me in my life. I feel more me, more animated than I ever have before. And I do notice on days when I am experiencing something that isn't in that state, that there's a difference. So really interesting observation and seeing how my observations correlate to something that there is scientific basis for. And this that this science is eventually going to get into, well, it's probably going to take a real long time for it to get into our Western medical system, but it's, it's out there. It's out there right now for anyone who really chooses to seek it for themselves. It's out there. It's out there being taught in workshops, in yoga studios. It's out there on YouTube. It's out there on Instagram. And it's going to be making its way into some therapist's offices even. So it's coming. And if you've heard this episode and you're curious to know more, 
Um, I, I'm going to link some stuff in the no- the show notes here. And also, you're welcome to reach out to me and ask about it. And um, I'm, I'm happy to talk with you. I, you know, this is all about sharing experience and helping one another uh, grow, helping one another be, be, just be who we are. <laughs> um, and I, I, it's my wish for everyone in this lifetime to really know who they are and that I get to know more, more, more who they are, <laughs> more authentic who they are. I don't know. I didn't come up with a better word than that. Um, more, more human connections in this lifetime. So thank you for listening. And I hope, um, I hope to share more of these inspired unravelings. It's really been cool to just sit down and free flow with what's on my mind. Um, That said, I'm going to do another little disclaimer. I just sat down and free flowed. So if I was imperfect in my language, if I, if there's something that I could consider wording differently or whatever, um, just let me know because I am uh, just a human here having a human experience and I am not perfect in any way. So um, I appreciate the support of my community in all of my, um, my learning and my discovery in this lifetime. Lots of love to you until next time. Um, I just hope that, uh, I hope so much and I'm having trouble signing off here. So I'm just going to say till next time, lots of love. Gee, just don't you just hate awkward goodbyes? (laughs) I seem to be so good at them. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention is that you can follow me over at Unraveling Rachel, where I talk more about this stuff. And I also model some of the commitments uh, that I'm making to myself this year and uh, the curiosity that I'm bringing into my life and also the compassion that I'm embracing for 2020. So if you're interested in seeing more of that and more of my unraveling experience, go follow me over there and share this episode with a friend, if you would, uh, who you think might be interested in it and uh, leave a review, please, pretty, pretty, please. It would help me get this experience, the shared experience out to a lot more people. All right, for reals now, till next time, lots of love.